0: So Money episode 556, How to Afford Quitting Your Job, with Kristen Field. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Have you ever thought of quitting your job? Welcome to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnish Tarabi. You must have right at some point been like, I need to just get the hell out of here. (laughs) This job is not for me or I've had it. The stress is just becoming too much. I've had those moments in my career I don't think it's unusual. And so we want to talk today about how to actually afford quitting your job without another one lined up. I mean, the common advice you hear is the best time to find a job is when you have one, because it shows that you still are marketable, that you're employable, and not to mention financially, it's easier to transition from one job to the next when you still have an income coming in. So taking the leap without another job lined up, it's a big risk. And in the current April issue of Oh! The Oprah Magazine, I tackle how to best afford this move. You know, how much money you have to have saved, how to really be secure with health insurance, how to make a great comeback when you're ready to work again so that your resume doesn't look like it has this gaping hole. And in the column, I speak with a number of women who've done this In all different circumstances, and one woman in particular, Kristen Field, is on the show today to really do a deep dive on her personal experience, what she did with her time off, and how she found work when she was ready to come back. How do you know when it's time to quit? how do you stay productive during your time off so that you can make a really strong return to the workforce? A little more about Kristen. She is now an independent consultant supporting the president and CEO of Lifeway Foods, and she supports the nonprofit Step Up. Here is Kristen Field. Kristen Field, welcome to So Money. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a really, really good episode to listen to anyone out there who is interested in quitting their jobs. And I think (laughs) by show of hands, virtually, I would guess many people have thought about it at one point, are considering it. But of course, there's a lot that's involved with quitting your job. You want to make sure you have enough of a security cushion lined up. You want to make sure that maybe you have another job lined up. I don't know. There's so many considerations. And you've been through this. And I think it's a really brave step. And so I wanted to bring you on the show, Kristen, as I uh, told everyone in the introduction, I profiled you in the Oprah issue this month, because we wanted to talk about this in a more substantive way, how to actually quit your job if you don't have another job lined up. And so let's start with your story. You were kind of at a crossroads in your career. You're a very hard worker, you're an overachiever. Yes. <laughs> you're not lazy. It wasn't like your the fifth job you had quit. This was a very hard decision for you. So tell us where you were at when you came to this realization that the only option was really to quit. You're you're
1: right and thank you again for having me. Um so I was uh newly 30 and I, I had been thinking about it for a while, but I, I am an overachiever and I, I work in public service. I take public service literally and also devote my entire life to it. So I was working long but rewarding hours, dedicating my life and working in service for others. And I think that was also at the expense of my own... Ha- Health and pursuing other activities that brought me joy, and by no means was this the fault of my employer. It was more me and and the way I learned to work from a young age. Like you just work hard and you keep working and striving for success. But you know, I was looking looking for more in my life and what did success actually mean? And I wanted to find a way to kind of, you know, how do you stop operating out of fear and scarcity and putting it more into action? So. I was working for an amazing organization, Step Up, um, which runs after-school programs for girls in under-resourced communities, uh, really helping them become confident, college-bound and career-ready. It was amazing, amazing work and I I love the organization, but I didn't know how to work differently myself. And I think in order to do that, I had to actually completely walk away from my day job and have some space to listen to what my heart needed to do next and and what really was going to drive me in my next line of service.
0: So what I'm hearing is that for you, the decision was really sparked by a realization that this pace that you were going at and the way that you were working, the way that you had designed your work-life balance, <laughs> while well, it didn't exist. <laughs> um, that was a problem. And it wasn't so much your employer that was inflicting this upon you, but you yourself not really knowing how to go about your career in a healthier way. And I, I believe simultaneous to this, you're also experiencing some personal grievances, right?
1: Yes. About 28, 29 uh, or 28, uh, my uh, father was diagnosed with leukemia and I spent 11 months at his side as he was um, battling a very aggressive form of leukemia. Um, my dad was also a prominent surgeon and to watch the once renowned doctor become the patient was a very painful experience. But what it also made light of for me was that we're only promised today. And we we need to make sure we take full advantage of that. And what are we doing to bring joy for ourselves? And the thing that I had a very hard time was, was putting myself first. I'm very good at taking care of everybody else. And I was realizing, and through that grieving period, and then my father uh, did succumb to his disease, you know, was that I needed to take care of myself too and very and very much so. And and when you lose someone in your life like a parent, you realize this the fragility of your life. And, you know, why wouldn't you want to be filled with more joy or have more time to do the things you love and make a difference? And so it kind of it, it stayed with me and it stays with me today too. So it was a driving force I think in not just thinking about making a change, um, but Having a more active approach.
0: Mm -hmm. It really does put things in perspective, reminds you that life is too short. You know, in doing the research for this piece, I discovered that many women at some point will, as they say, off ramp from their careers. And it's not just because we're going to raise our kids. That's a big reason many women leave to take care of their families, but other women leave because they're looking for more meaning in their careers and they're looking for a job a career path that is in more alignment with their values and when you're young you don't really have time to think about like what is it that I really want out of life right because Mm -hmm. you get out of college and it's boom 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 race 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 to the top did you feel like you just had you hadn't taken a break to really reflect on what was important to you you were giving to so much through your charitable work
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think, I mean, that I was on a coaching call actually this morning and it's been a trend since I was probably very young. I just would take on leadership roles and then ever, you know, you take on one, then you take on 20 and I was running organizations on my college campus and the associate dean and then I worked for my sorority on 30 campuses across the country after college and then right into grad school um, and nannying full time, you know, I was in international public service. So you're, you're just always connecting with people. I'm a big connector. So you're just going, going. And then I started working with Step Up and then going at it. A pace like I—I I couldn't slow down the momentum, and I—I I didn't know how to. Uh, and it wasn't—it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, you know. It created so much opportunity for myself, uh, but also what I was able to create for others is so profound. But I couldn't—I couldn't slow it down, and I didn't know how to. Um, because for 15 years, I operated in the same way, and so I truly believe as you reflect stuff out into the world, it comes back to you. So. I didn't have the capacity to manage everything that was coming back to me in a way that worked. The, I think the biggest lesson right there was I needed to ask for help and how to do that. And I actually sought um, a professional coach in doing that. Mm.
0: You know, some signs that you might be ready to quit your job, not just emotionally overwhelmed and stressed at work, but if this is actually taking a toll on your health, you know, if you're... I, I was at a crossroads at one point. Thinking, should I quit my job? I was in the doctor's office every few months. I had stomach pains. I attributed to the stress at work. But um, what it really took for me to change that was to change the way I worked. Going back to your lesson, you know, it was like I was just taking things a lot too personally at work. Every Mm -hmm. criticism, every everything that wasn't going right, quote unquote, right. I really, it just really. affected me. And I think when you're first starting out in your career, that's easy to have happen because you don't have a lot of perspective and you don't know what situations you should stress out about and what you shouldn't. So I was stressing Absolutely. out about everything. And it was taking a toll on me and Sunday night blues. That's another sign. <laughs> I don't yes. want to go to work. <laughs> it's like a it, it feels like a mini depression and you mm-hmm. don't know what
1: why why are you feeling that way? Why are you so anxious about these amazing opportunities you have this week?
0: Right. A good sign you're at the right job is when you work through lunch and you don't even realize it and you're just fine with it, you know? Yep. And so let's get to the practicality of all of this. So yes, Mm -hmm. you were overwhelmed, (laughs) you knew you had to quit, but then how did you actually afford it so that you could create a timeline for yourself that allowed you to do that exploration that you needed, that you didn't feel pressure to find that next job, whatever it was, just because you needed to pay the bills and get healthcare, et cetera.
1: So one of the first things I was doing was working with a coach for about six months and, uh, that was very helpful in kind of putting a plan in place and not just making like showing up at the office and be like, I quit, I hate it here. It was more, this is something I'm thinking about and I want to explore this. What does that look like? Um, one of the positive things that came from operating out of fear and scarcity was that I was working at coat check at a nightclub on the weekends. I was nannying on the side. I, you know, just wanted to make sure that I had enough money to cover everything. So, by doing that, I actually had money saved. Because I think, you know, maybe when we were younger, we were taught, you know, money, you better save all of your money, make sure you have money. And as a woman, I wanted to be empowered around it. But it was kind of having a negative effect. But in this case, I was able to have about six months of expenses to cover my cost of living saved up. So that ended up being a very positive thing in making my choice. I also, you know, being an independent woman and wanting to be financially sound myself i have a financial planner somebody who was my dad's age um i always kind of felt like i had to ask permission to do certain things but i was more vocal in saying i'm going to do this i need to figure out how we make this work he was actually very helpful like he he knew i was going to do it anyways and so he was helpful in helping me figure out how we would make my finances work and extend for me to be able to actually leave a job without another job.
0: Did you receive pushback? because I can only imagine someone who is a generation above you. <laughs> this is not what they, this is not what our parents yeah. did. You know they didn't quit um, their jobs without another one lined up Well,
1: I think because I, I had this innate need for approval, my coach also was a whole generation above me, if not older than my parents. I, I think that that was helpful. They know me, and I think because they knew me and and knew what I could be capable of, I didn't get as much pushback as I think others would have expected. And same with my own mother. She was like, Well, I'm not worried. If you wanted a job tomorrow, you could have one. You know, when I shared it with her, you know, I think I got pushback from people that maybe have fear around doing something like that themselves. That's where I felt the most pushback.
0: And so, what did you do with your time off? I understand you took, a, in totality, a year off. You had six months of your living expenses covered. So, how did you stretch that out, and what did you do? When I first left, I think the next day I was dating someone. We left on a trip, and then
1: we actually went through a breakup. So that's what I did with my first part of the time. It's funny that the universe knows when you're available for, you know, to spend time on certain things. But I think it was. The world finally giving me that time to reflect on my relationships, my life, what type of work I want to do next. You know, that first two months, you know, I had a couple of friends get married. So just spending time with them, I caught up on... Some very much needed sleep. Like you, I was, you know, seeing a doctor every two months about some digestive issue or something, which was all me internalizing stress that I created. So, learning to let that go, going to yoga, having lots of coffee, meeting with mentors, and just talking. Um, I didn't make time to. Um, have those meaningful conversations that kind of open the door for something. And then about two months after, I bought a one-way ticket to Sevilla, Spain, uh, without a plan of really what I was going to do next. I could have probably gone for six months. You know, I needed to financially figure out how I was doing that. But I knew I needed to go have a big experience where something really slowed me down. So I chose Spain and Southern Spain because the culture is one where you know, everything does actually still shut down at about one thirty or 2. And people go take a nap where you have a cup of coffee with somebody for an hour and a half where I walked through, you know, I had a little uh, apartment in the Barrio Santa Cruz, which I found was cheaper than staying in hotels if you just found one you could rent for a month. And it would just wander around amongst the orange trees on a hot summer's day and sit and read a book and talk with people. And that was just so incredible to be able to you know, take those pauses that I take for granted as I am in Chicago in a neighborhood kind of similar to that. And I don't walk around that way. So I was relearning how to just walk around and be and and sip a cup of coffee and read a book. I met the most incredible people. And I knew when I was meeting these people, I knew this is why I had to leave. I was supposed to have these relationships. I was supposed to meet these people. Uh, One of the most incredible opportunities that happened um as a result was I met with you know I was having these coffees before I left for Europe and meeting with mentors and friends and champions and one of my mentors um, had an opportunity for me to attend the Global Summit to end sexual violence against women um, that in London that William Haig and Angelina Jolie were putting on, and I attended as part of a global delegation um, to really work on these issues and I remember sitting at a table with the president of Australia and the president of Kosovo, who were both women. And I was speaking and I remember one of them tweeted me uh, and quoted me and I thought, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. And I'm at the table. And that was a big part of me leaving was to extend myself even more, but in an area that allowed me to grow um, and something that I wanted to grow into. Just some of those profound moments occurred to me as I was traveling just realized like I need to be open and trust perfect timing and not operate out of fear. Um, And that's what this this journey allowed me to do. From there, I actually traveled to eight other countries with um, some people I met and uh, I took a Spanish immersion course and I met some incredible people and traveled with them. And a friend came out and traveled with me and just being able to see places and open my eyes to new cultures and experiences. So I came back and it I think it was about six months. And I you know, met with another mentor when I came back and I was so relaxed. I, I specifically remember this day. We were in the John Hancock building that overlooks Lake Michigan and I'm wearing some big floppy hat and she's in a suit at work. And I just am like totally zenned out and, and just feeling at peace. And She told me that, and this is a mentor and one of my grad school professors, and she told me she was running for office, a local city government here in Chicago. And I've always worked in public service, like I said, and I had told her a long time ago if she ever ran for office, I would work her campaign. Um, So there I stood all relaxed and zenned out, and I happily said, I will help you with your campaign. So for the next six months, which was still kind of my time off, I worked with her on her campaign because it was an opportunity that came. And since my theme was trusting perfect timing, I knew that a campaign has an end date. It wasn't a long-term commitment for me, but it was a huge opportunity to grow, to learn something new, to serve in a different way that I always wanted to serve.
0: And that's the other part of this, right? Which is not just, of course, taking the time off to take the time off. You have to also make the most of that time for yourself and also so that you're marketable when you are ready to find that next opportunity and, and really uh be serious about that next job. So Absolutely that was going through your mind, wasn't it? It wasn't just like, oh, this sounds fun. Let me do this. No, it was, you
1: know, I mean, if if we would have won that campaign or if I ever want to run for office, which I do have aspirations to do, I just I looked at it like, this is an opportunity to learn. Um, and that's how I started looking at things instead of like, Oh, I have to go to work today. When, if you were stressed at a job or something, it's, what are you grateful for in that job today? What can that job teach you? Maybe it's what you're doing right now, but I just started looking at work so differently.
0: Think about the security fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break in, they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your house. Visit simplysafe.com/so money. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com/so money so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com/so money. When you were ready to really update your resume, how did you go about the job search following all these volunteer opportunities that you were taking on? And what were you learning about yourself along the way? A big thing I learned was I kind of don't fall into your traditional, okay, here's
1: my resume. These are the jobs that I've done. I kind of knew when I came back from Europe and maybe before that, that I probably wouldn't find my job in a traditional way. And I think that's just because you open yourself up to to different things, to different connections. All of my you know job opportunities going forward uh, since I left all kind of happened that same way. That when I met with my mentor, when I came back and she was running for office, I kind of created an environment that allows me to create where I want to contribute and what opportunities fit. And I kind of just project that out and I share that with people. So I think a big lesson for anyone considering doing this is continually share who you are with others and telling them kind of this is what I'm really passionate about doing and I feel like those opportunities and at least those champions will be out there for you. What I did immediately when I left my job because I think I operated in the old way of I need to make sure I have a position was I I was actively doing other things. I was, you know, working with this campaign, I was volunteering, I was on other boards. People are always asking me for quote advice. So I made myself Kristen Elizabeth Field, public service, global affairs, and community engagement professional. Um, and I put that on my LinkedIn. And, you know, ever since then, things have fallen under that. So whether it was a certain board service I was doing, or I executed a large scale fundraising event, or worked on the campaign, or today I, I've had two clients as an independent consultant, all of that kind of fell under. These are the areas that I've done professional work in. So it's t- kind of taking those parameters off of yourself. Anyone that I've ever had intern for me, I I've asked them to give themselves a title. What are they looking to do? One of one of my interns was going uh, to law school, so we gave her a name more of like uh, uh, events and community engagement associate because that would be a name she wanted later. Feel empowered around whether you're being paid for something or not, like knowing you're valued and, and that's still experience that it's valuable experience.
0: It reminds me of the saying, dress for the job you want, not the one you have. Absolutely. So create the title that you want, not the one that you have. And actually when I was in journalism school, we had little business cards, which was actually really yep. um, smart back then to have, you know, some of us put student on there, but also we were, we were active reporters. You know, we were out there, we were pitching, we were selling our stories. So it was, you know, we were reporters, um, by and large. So don't underestimate, you know, the kind of work that you're putting out there for sure.
1: Yeah, that's this, I would tell any of interns or or even myself, I also made business cards right away because at the time was still very much a networker, always at events. And if someone asked me, I just, I wanted to have something. Um, So I had, um, I made business cards and I had a little like tagline on the back. It was like connect, engage, empower. And it, it was more, I didn't have to say, Kristen, this is my job title. It was more, this is kind of who I am. And it was redefining the way I looked at work.
0: So it sounds like quit your job and you may not know what's around the corner, what's going to happen for you in the next four six months, a year in some cases, but be intentional about whatever it is that you do. And think always along the lines of what is the story here for me? So I can really explain this to someone in the future down the road to show that there was meaning in what I pursued. And the good news is, for everyone listening, when you do that, employers love it. Was that your experience when you were talking to future employers and prospective employers that they got it? They weren't looking at it, at it so much as a hole on your resume or absolutely. Kristen's yeah. indecisive, yeah. yeah. No,
1: absolutely. It's It's been so profound to see people's reactions and, and to where I've ended up today. I actually, the mentor who... I went to the conference in London, um, because of her uh, support. Um, I actually am her chief of staff now. And that actually, it wasn't a job that existed. Again, we were seeing each other, just having a conversation and she was talking about some needs she had. And well, I had, and I had said, I have a little time after this, um, you know, working on this campaign. Uh, let's, let's see if something like this would work. And I went home and reflected on it. I, did some research on what chief of staff in a private company would look like and gave her a little proposal. And that was two years ago. And so now I'm chief of staff to a CEO of a very large company that I respect who uses her platform to make the world better for all of us. And what's interesting too, is the way that I, that the way that I left my job, I think this is important too. I had a great relationship with step up. When I left, I had a transition plan in place I hired my intern for the interim, you know, because I was operating at such a pace that I would get a hun- hundreds of emails a day. So how would that be managed when I left? And a year and a half later, when I, after I left, they asked me back. There was an opportunity finally there for me to grow into a different position. So knowing what what I learned from my time away, I renegotiated that offer to come back and I actually have been consulting with them, kind of on my terms, on the side ever since. So I've been back working with them for the past uh, year and a half. Actually, I work just with the CEO on our expansion to new markets. So. I'm bringing our programs um, that empower young women and and, you know inspire girls to different cities around the country.
0: So the advice is don't leave your employer high and dry. Exactly. (laughs) And interesting that you have now this new role. Do you think you would have realized that you would benefit from taking on this role, and that the company would, that the nonprofit would benefit from you taking on this new role, had you never left? Would it ever have occurred to you? maybe but probably too late i think that me stepping away
1: really helped in in them seeing an opportunity for me and me seeing one for myself as well i think if that job existed their expansion director existed at the time i would have thrown myself into it but i probably wouldn't have found my joy if that makes sense, I think that it was important for me to step away because I needed to teach myself how to work differently, and now I can work a lot more efficiently and effectively and not work you know a hundred hours a week and kind of have the same result I mean, there are weeks that you'll work through lunch like we said, and you'll and you won't even think about it, but then there's times you know where oh you get up and you went for a run, and maybe you'll check your email at nine I mean you just learn to set your own boundaries and parameters.
0: It sounds like you were looking for a career where you were your own boss. Is that fair to say? (laughs) That's very fair to say. (laughs) So now how do you afford things like health insurance?
1: I'm from a medical family. So before I ever left my job, I uh, purchased a plan, an independent plan. I don't think I don't, I don't have children and I don't have a spouse. So, you know, there was just me to think about in that equation. Uh, That's that is something to think about, too, if you're doing this if you are the primary breadwinner in your family or you have children that rely on your insurance it's something very you you need to make sure that you pay attention to and and you know bring into account um so I bought a policy right away um and that was a non negotiable for me because I am a medical family, so it's a big expense, but i It's not. I didn't have any huge medical issues because that's what I was taking care of. So the self-care definitely helps in the medical bill area. And then going forward, once you're a little bit more established, I I kind of fell into working for myself, uh, which is what we just talked about. I think that I like to be my own boss. Even if I do work for some other people, um, I do like to have that because I think that that gives me my autonomy and my space to grow and be creative. And so it was learning to ask for what I was worth and to ask, asking for money. And I think women have a hard time doing this sometimes. So researching, what do you do as a consultant? How do you ask for an appropriate salary. I still had to do those normal things you would do in a job. It was very empowering. It gave me joy in doing it. Um, it was also nerve wracking. But negotiating and giving yourself that power around money and and not giving money. Money doesn't have to be scary. Um, I think it should be empowering. And what I learned in the last two years is and I'm still learning it, uh, and I have my struggles with it, but to not feel like money's so scarce, operating from a place that it's abundant and that it's not such a negative thing, go out there, make money and and be responsible with it. but I think that it doesn't have to be such a negative and scary thing, you know, go spend some of it too
0: well, and to <laughs> to read some of the statistics about what happens to our incomes when we as i say off ramp or take time off from work uh going back into the workplace after a year, you could see a substantial dip in your in your earnings potential. That's the average. But I think like you, if you have a clear story, a clear journey that shows your growth, shows how you're far more qualified now to do whatever it is you want to do, um, you should definitely embrace that and bring that to the negotiating table and not feel that you're at a disadvantage just because you were, quote unquote, out of the workplace, the traditional oh, abso- workplace. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think it's... I mean, it's scary when you first go
1: in, but I think that it will come back to you tenfold from just what you put out there and and the experience that you gained from taking a much needed step. I think self-care will be so is becoming so much more respected, especially in a work environment, because I'm so much better for my job when I'm taking care of myself. So
0: go get that massage. <laughs> yeah, get that.
1: I'm a huge. Get that massage. Go to yoga. If you need a day off, be just be open and honest about it because you're more to the
0: bottom line when you're healthy. Mm-hmm. So I brought you on the show, Kristen, because I wanted you to share your story. And thank you for being so transparent about all the steps from you know why you would quit to how you afforded it, and how you made the most of the time off. But I do want to ask you a couple of so many questions before I let you go. Absolutely. Starting with, what was your exposure to money growing up? Do you have a story as a child that was very much a kind of money story that's, that's the moment when you first learned about it or got a really great lesson in it and how it ultimately shaped your character as an adult and your relationship with money?
1: Um, well, just to be perfectly honest, I think mine was, um, I did have a single mom for some time. There was like that kind of fear and scarcity. And then it morphed into more of, you know, I'm a woman and I want to be this financially independent woman and probably operating off of that single mom, um, scenario of, I want to make sure that I'm okay no matter what it's empowering today. I think when I was younger, it was, it felt a little bit more scary, but I'm so empowered by being financially independent today from the early lesson of like, we still have to watch out for yourself And, and not in a selfish way. It's, you know, if you only have one parent that knows about money or like what happens if that one parent's not there. So that was kind of the early lesson there.
0: Yes. That you always have to be mindful of managing your own money yourself. Yes. What was your so money moment so far? I would imagine that quitting your job felt very heroic and there was a lot mm. of pride in that but was there a a real concrete financially amazing moment you felt like all the hard work and efforts had aligned?
1: uh well it just happened and i just met with my financial planner and i had to do my pnl's from last year from working for myself it was my most profitable year independently but ever a- as a person and it was more than i knew i was capable of and allowed myself to be capable of you know and so the big lesson there was let yourself shine if you you're doing well and you're being compensated well for it let that continue to shine. It's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, it's powerful and it can be good. Just feel empowered around money, I think. Um, but it was like a big moment where I'm like, wow, I I think, you know, I, I'll buy a house. I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, it, it, it felt very good, especially because I am a single woman in her early 30s that I just feel like I, I told my mother this too, that you won't have to worry about me. I'll always be okay. Mothers worry about their kids, you know? So I, I think that, and she's like, oh, I'm not worried about you. But <laughs> I think it just, it felt very powerful to be able to support myself independently. I'm now on staff at one of the companies, but for that time to make a decision that without something there, you know, just to leave. But like you said, you, you have a plan every day. How, how are you being seen by the world? Right.
0: Well, Kristen, thank you so much from quitting your job with not a whole lot planned to now experiencing your So Money moment, earning more than you ever have in a short period of time. Such an inspiring story. We really appreciate you sharing it with us and the transparency, and we wish you the best of luck. Continued success. Thank you so much. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Kristen, she's on Twitter at Kristen E. Field. And be sure to pick up a copy of the April 2017 issue of Oh, the Oprah Magazine. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is so money.